Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGiver alongside my co-host each and every week. He's the pastor at Brookside Baptist Church, Ken Keltner. You know, cool Ken, and calm, collected yeah, cool, today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you walk in here and you finally have a suit coat on and everybody thinks you're dapper and all that. Oh, yeah. Man, I, I'm telling you. I'm going to walk into Brookside sometime other than a Sunday and a Wednesday, and, and uh, everybody's going to love me like they love you here, Pastor. Absolutely. We would love you, Mark. Yeah, I know you, you walk would. in, we love Man, you. Man, everybody thinks I'm the bad guy, you're the good guy. I don't know no. how that happened. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know either. Hey, let me tell you about our show today. Our first guest, a big fan of him when he played in the NFL, I have to tell you, I loved watching Randall Cunningham play. Heck of a quarterback, played for a lot of years in the NFL. He's now a pastor. Um, in Nevada and, and uh, doing great work. And I s- actually saw a, a segment uh, on the NFL Network about Randall and, and his life, and, and I reached out, and he's kind enough to give us some time here this morning. Pastor Randall, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on here today. Yeah, you bet. Uh, I really appreciate your time. I have to tell you, early on, uh, when you played in the NFL is when fantasy football started. I had you as my quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One year it was great. The next year, I don't know, I was about to call you and say, come on, I need some touchdowns. <laughs> but, I, yeah. you know, I was always such a big fan of yours on the field, and, and I just thought you carried yourself with such class. And, um, you know, I, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, you threw a great ball and, and, and you moved about, and anytime the Packers played against you, I, I – didn't root for you because I'm I'm here up up here in Wisconsin, but um, was a big fan of uh, of you as a player. Can we go back a little bit? Um, where did you play in college? I played at UNLV. Played for the Running Rebels. Yeah, boy, it's, it's sad to see Coach uh, Tark passed on not too long yes, ago. And that's uh, right. I, I was a, a, a basketball coach for a long time, and I actually got a chance to go to a coach's clinic that he was at, and he was really. Um, really good in in that setting. I didn't realize uh, what a big personality he had. Well-respected coach. Uh, It was a tough time for a lot here. Many people here in Las Vegas, you know, he's a legend, Uh, has done so many great things in the community and taken care of so many uh, of these basketball players and athletes, student athletes at school. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's definitely remembered as one of the great figureheads here at UNLV. Yeah, you bet. How close is uh, is the church that you're the pastor from from the campus? Remnant Ministries is probably about, I'd say, ten minutes or less away. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of the students at UNLV on the women's track team, 
on the uh, uh, we have one of the women from the basketball team. Uh, we have also some of the football players that come over. And uh, it's pretty awesome because our church is, has a lot of celebrities in it, I just realized uh, recently here. A lot of uh, great people that are known throughout the country. Wow. Hey, Pastor Randall, this is uh, Ken. Do you uh, do you still uh, go over the to the field or work with the the football guys there at UNLV? I mean, you go out and still throw the football some? No, I don't. I don't go out and uh, spend time throwing the ball with the guys. I spend more time with the the women's track team because my wife and I sponsor the women's track team at UNLV. Oh, okay. And uh, I have my own club track team. And then I'm coaching. I'm the head coach. Just was appointed this year the head coach of uh, Silverado High School football. Oh, okay. How did your team yeah. do? Uh, we're we're uh, doing our off-season training oh, at okay. this point yeah. in time. Yeah. So, how did, yeah. How did they do this last year, uh, last fall, when you guys I played? I think they were three and seven. Three and seven. Th- this yeah. will be your first year as the head coach. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. I got wow. you. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what, coach? Uh, our pastor, thirty-three years. I coached basketball mostly uh, wow. at the high school level, and yeah. uh, my son. I uh, went to Maranatha Baptist Bible College to play basketball, Division Three here in, in Wisconsin, and I retired to go watch him play. And yeah. and uh, I, I miss it a little bit. I don't miss all the parents calling me, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the issues that we have to deal with, but hopefully I can you know reach out to some of them and, and tell them about Christ. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if you're a pastor, you know how to deal with all of that because— yeah. uh, you know, sometimes in the church, people have uh, some complaints every now and then. They want to register, so you have to learn how to deal with people. <laughs> hey, I, that's something why I can you talk about for a while? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why are you looking at me, Pastor? I don't complain. You. No, I, no, hey. no. Only thing Pastor Randall and Michael do is if I'm going a little too long, his uh, wrist with his watch kind of comes up over his head and he's pointing <laughs> at it. You know those Baptist <laughs> ministers. <laughs> those right, ba- yeah. those Baptist ministers seem to go on a little bit. Kickoffs at noon. Come on, Pastor. Let's get it going. And so yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's it's good. Hey, um, so after college, you know, you played with the Philadelphia Eagles for for quite a while. Can we talk a little bit about uh, where you were in in your walk and your faith when 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 you started professional football? Well, testimonial wise, you know, I grew up in the church. Um, you know, I was the little kid with my brother. You know, hitting each other in the <laughs> in the seats, and you know, in a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. You know. And the, the the reverend would get up and speak, and my mom, to keep us quiet, would go into her purse and grab that little piece of candy that, you know, a couple of pieces that had the lint and the paper clip and the rubber band connected to it, and had been sitting in there for six years, and she'd slap that in our mouths, and the next thing you know, believe it or not, we'd go to sleep. So, so the Word has always been preached in my life, but at the same time, you know, you go through a time, or some people go through a time of trying to figure themselves out, and I, I really wanted to have my own identity. I really wanted to figure out who I was. And so in high school, you know, you have peer pressure and things like that, and you deal with that. And often college, hey, parents can't tell me what to do anymore. Nobody can whip me or spank my behind or tell me to get up. I do what I want to do now. So I went through kind of that trying to figure myself out, and I kind of, left a little bit from the church, wasn't reading my Bible, I was praying and things. I thought I had a relationship with Christ, but only later to find out uh, on a golf course, a man here named Tom Cameron, another preacher, came to me and said, Randall, um, are you a Christian? And of course, I said, yes. And this was when I was in the NFL. He says, uh, are you born again? I said, what does that mean? And he knew right there. I had no clue. Mm-hmm. So whether I had been reading my Bible, you know, and, and I had no accountability and I had no 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 one discipling me. <clears throat> so he said, "Would you like to say the prayer?" I asked him, "How long does it take?" 
And uh, he said, it takes a couple of minutes to prayer salvation. And I said it, and then afterwards, you know, I said, how am I going to know that I'm saved? He says, oh, now the Holy Spirit's going to convict you. So that was in 1987, and then I went back in the NFL and basically found out that I had to change a lot of things about my life. Mm-hmm. And I became kind of like a recluse for many, many years. I had my Bible. I would sit in my locker and study my plays and study my Bible, and I really didn't want to be a part of the, some of the conversations. Then, you know, it, the guy said, oh, he's a Christian. He's soft. And you know, I had to go through all of that. But it was in 1987 that I gave my life to Christ in my second year or third year. Hmm. Wow. Did, uh, was Reggie was Reggie White with you there uh, with the Eagles at that time? Uh, yeah, Pastor Reggie. Randall? I had I had signed with them. Uh, I was about to sign with the uh, USFL, and Reggie had been playing in the USFL, and they signed me. And then the next thing you know, Reggie comes walking through the door, and uh, yeah, he really sowed a lot of seeds into us, baptized a lot of guys. He didn't baptize me. I was baptized at uh, St. John Baptist in New Jersey, Camden, New Jersey. Uh, Pastor Townsend, but uh, Reggie really sowed into my life. The late Reggie White did. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, um, a lot of people we've had on, on Faith in the Zone have, have talked about him, and, and we talk about, we've had Don Beebe on a couple of times, Yeah. and uh, Don talked a lot about um, what it was like uh, to walk worthy in the locker room, and what it was like when he was done playing in the NFL, and to my surprise, uh, Randall, he said it was a lot easier for him when he was in uh, the locker room and in the NFL because there was a lot of eyes on him and there were a lot of guys in that locker room that were keeping each other accountable. And he yep. said, look, on Monday night we had Bible study and Saturday night Reggie White would have a thing called Saturday Night Live that we would go to and then when we traveled, you know, I always roomed with this guy or that guy and instead of turning the TV on, we would open the Bible and, and, and just talk about our lives more than talking about football or watch TV. Did you find that to be the same? Uh, you know, when I was in the NFL, I, I developed at a latter point in time accountability with a man named Cedric Brown. He's from Compton, California. He uh, was on the team one year, and or two years, and then he was released, and he ended up becoming a, a Bible teacher. And, you know, being that I'm from California, he sold into my life, and we started a Bible study at my house while I was in the NFL. Uh, when I left the NFL, I had already been plugged in and been discipled, uh, and there was a guy who was traveling with me. And it really went excellent, and I thank God for it. Um, but, you know, I found out that uh, during the time I was in the NFL, it was difficult because of all the distractions. Uh, and because of my age, being a 23 to 30-something-year-old to, to player, you know, it was a little bit different. I'm doing an interview. But... Uh, and someone's trying to knock on my door. Sorry about that. That's all right. That's all right. It happens to us all the time. No, we'll keep, we'll keep it in. That just humanizes all of <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah, but uh, I did learn a lot, and uh, I'm very grateful to all the things that uh, he did in the NFL. But, you know, being a pastor now, um, it's it's different on the outside. I mean, holding people accountable, people who don't want to be held accountable, people who mm-hmm. want to live their lives, you know. And it, it was the same thing in the NFL to me. There were guys who wanted to do their thing and there were guys who would do their thing and then come to fellowship or Bible study or chapel and go back in the same thing. So, you know, I kind of find the same thing in life where people want to live right, but they really need to give in and have accountability. Yeah, that's a good point, Pastor Randall. Uh, Tony Dungy came on our uh, program here a little while Great back man. and yeah, and he talks, you know, in, and in his book, he talks about platforms and and the platform uh, that God had given him, and obviously God has given you a, a wonderful platform through through sports. And 
I mean, do you have anything that just jumps out at you, how, how God opened up some doors, maybe either with players there with the Eagles or even high school or college kids that God's given you opportunities to just really uh, share that message of hope? Yeah, it's, Jesus? It's, yeah. Pretty, it's pretty amazing, whether it's, you know, my involvement uh, with the high schools or whether it's through track and field. My pastor, the late John Michaels out of Calvary Chapel, ordained me a uh, teacher, evangelist, pastor. Mm-hmm. And I, he told me, don't forget about your ministry sports. I didn't know what that meant, you know. Mm-hmm. And then in, at that point in time, retiring from the NFL and being a part of Ray Lewis's life and Rod Woodson's life and some of the athletes in the NFL, I thought that meant just call the guys, check up on them, see how they're doing every once in a while, make mm-hmm. sure that they're walking strong, you know, if you want to pray for them. You know, I thought that's what that meant. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm a pastor, you know, I, I, I coach a – I'm the head coach of a, foot, a high school football team, and I have – None of these kids go to church with me. Mm. And it's like such an open door just to be a light. Yeah, and so bet. that whole platform that I have is is to be a light that shines in this earth. You know, the Bible says that a, a city on the hill cannot be hidden. That's right. So when we let our light shine before men, you know, whether it's a kid who has learning disabilities, is a great football player and, you know, needs to be helped out with tutoring, or it's a kid who the parents make him work a job and won't let him go to practice because he has... You know, he wants to teach his son how to have a responsibility. Or whether it's a kid who just has horrible grades and just, you know, pops not around and he just feels like he, there's nothing that validates him and he looks at me as a as a figure, a shepherd, a father figure. We have to become all things to all men that we might say some. Absolutely. And that's what I do with the platform that I've been given. Amen. Oh, that is great to hear. You know, I uh, coached, uh, I was a youth pastor in, in the Denver, Colorado area, mm-hmm. and I coached uh, at a 6A high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, the principal, the way he came to the Lord was just miraculous. A ninth yeah. grader came in and shared the gospel with him. He trusted the Lord. He said when that ninth grader got up, uh, he said he walked out, his shirt was soaking wet. He said, mm-hmm. man, it hit me how nervous he was to share that with me. He was in a school of 3,900 kids and he said he spent the year trying to go he never got the young man's name he kept trying to go find him never found him he said i can't wait to get to heaven and tell him hey thanks for sharing with me but he uh he told me when i was coaching um he said ken the number and i I mean pastor randall this was 20 20 something years ago he said the seniors he said the percentage of seniors that do not attend any type of church service was around 18 to 20 percent and that was 20 years ago so it was you, only eighteen percent. Eighteen percent of graduating seniors Did had not. never had never stepped into a church period in their life, and I I have to think that that percentage has climbed since then. Oh, and uh, so you you know you you better believe the the Lord has given you a platform right there with those yeah. those high school kids. Hey, Pastor Pastor Ken, you've you've uh, said this in in service. Uh, when you were coaching and and you talked about trying to minister to kids at a public school. And and you have a term you said I'd w- not walk and carry a big stick, but something um, like a dove. What what is? Oh, it's uh, yeah. He always told me he said, "Be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove." I, I mean, Jesus told his disciples yep. that. Yeah. And uh, so I I would just man, we had families come over to our house. We have four boys, and they loved you know going up there and shooting baskets. And the players That's would come right. over and shoot baskets <laughs> in our driveway, and we'd feed them and their family and. Yeah. And then we'd have opportunity to talk to him, and several of them end up coming to the Lord and coming to church. I know we got to get to a break. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. Guys, if we can, let's get to a quick break, and uh, we'll return and we'll spend a few more minutes with Pastor Randall Cunningham. 
This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. We're joined by Pastor Randall Cunningham. Played in the NFL for a number of years, Philadelphia Eagles. I know you Packer fans who remember him playing with the Minnesota Vikings. Don't hold that against him. He, he was just playing some football. Hey, your days up in Minnesota, it's a little cold for you, wasn't it? It really was. But uh, I tell you what, one day I came in, and it was beautiful and sunny out, but it was during the winter. And I had to walk maybe about 20, 25, 30 meters. And I walked in, and I'm thinking, you know, it's cold out here. But, you know, I'm thinking I got a jacket on. So I walked in, beautiful sunny, not a cloud in the sky. And when I got into the locker room, I, said, I was breathing. <laughs> I'm like, man, what is that? And he said, brother, it's, a, it's minus, minus 44 degrees outside. Oh, my That's goodness, what it is. Man. <laughs> and the sun was shining. Sun yeah. was shining. And the sun was shining in his brilliance, you know. Yeah. I have... if, yeah, if he hadn't been shining in his brilliance, I might have gone to the hospital that day. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin my whole life. And so that 44 below, that even gets me. And the older I get, Pastor, the harder it gets, man. It, th- these winters just put me to my knees. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just do. But I, I've been out in, in your neck of the woods a few times in, in Las Vegas, and, and come summertime, I can't handle that heat either. So it's I don't nice know. out here, isn't it? Oh, it is beautiful out there, yeah. <laughs> One day I was walking, uh, I was walking down the, uh, I think I was on the, on the Las Vegas Boulevard, the Strip, back when I was in college. And I looked up, and they had a meter reading how hot it was on the on the strip, and it said 125 degrees. That's when I thought I saw Satan walking across <laughs> the street. I wasn't really sure, and it wasn't him, thank God. Yeah, hey, but I, it was hot. Yeah. Hey, I just have a question. I have wanted to ask you this. Uh, I just was always amazed how far you could throw a football in a football. I mean, how far could you throw a football? The furthest I ever threw a football was uh, during uh, my college career, right after my high, uh, right after my final season, and the pro scouts came in, and they they made me throw the ball against the wind, and they said we just want to see how far you could throw it against the wind. So I said, all right, I'm thinking, you know, I could get paid here, and so I threw it about 65 yards against the wind. They said, okay, now we're going to turn you around and throw it with the wind, and I threw it 86 yards. Oh, I, I, I would have believed that. I was going to think yeah. it had to be in the high 80s. So Yeah, and you never really throw it that far in a game, and you probably can't throw it unless you really run up. But, I mean, a normal long bomb dropping back is about 45 to 50 yards. Mm, okay. Hey, do you miss, uh, the, do you miss the, the competition? I mean, do you, when, when you left uh, the NFL, was there a void in, in your life with, with uh, not being able to compete? No. I'm, I'm not one of those guys that went through a void. Um, uh, you know, I tell you what, making $3 million a year, that was the void. <laughs> <you know? laughs> when you go from, okay, I'm not going to be making this anymore to, okay, I better get a job or try to figure this out. Uh, no, I didn't really get so locked up into the game that I had withdrawals. Um, what had happened was I, I didn't want to play football. I hated football when I retired the first time uh, after 11 years. I really just did not want to have anything to do with football. And then I had to get on my knees and 
and just really pray and just ask God to reveal, because many people were coming to me saying, when are you coming back? You're about to go in your prime. When are you going to go back? And I said, I don't ever plan on going back. And uh, so I went and prayed, and I said, Lord, so many people are asking me, are you speaking to me through them? And if you are, then I need you to give me a sign. And I said, you know, I'm not a fleece-type guy. Put the fleece mm-hmm. out there. But I just said, Lord, just give me a sign. I said, make it make it plain. Have teams start to call me up. If you want me to play, have teams start to call me up. And I had told all the teams, I'm not coming back. Don't call me. So within a couple of days, Jeff Fisher called me, and he was uh, – uh, re- recruiting and drafting a quarterback, and he wanted me to help out Air McNair. And he said, hey, Randall, we would like to bring you in. And then the next thing you know, I saw Denny Green from the Minnesota Vikings and got back on my knees, and I just said, God, I'm going I'm to follow your will. And I went back and I played. So that was the reason I played, and God took me, and I just, uh, became a part of many ministries, uh, cause, Christian Athletes United for Spiritual Empowerment. Uh, I was involved with the Champions for Christ. And then I began to teach uh, uh, one of the Blackaby's books called The Man God Uses, and I went to mm-hmm. Dallas, yeah. the Dallas Cowboys, and I had 20 men. I asked them if they wanted to study and had, you know, Emmett Smith and, and Raga Bishmael and different guys, and we went through the book. And then I went to uh, uh, Baltimore after that and basically did the same thing with Ray Lewis and Rod Woodson and then, you know, basically into the ministry. So I didn't really have withdrawals. I really went back to play. Because God was ministering to me. Yeah. Hey, have you uh, have you looked at uh, uh, Henry Blackaby's book, Experiencing God, at all? Going through it right oh, now. Our man. men and our church are going through it right yeah, now. That is a great. I'm just. I, I'm. I just finished my third time going through it, and yeah. <laughs> it's really been challenging for me uh, yes, again. It is a good so <laughs> it, it is a great book. So. Uh, I, when you mentioned Henry Blackaby's name, I was going to just check to see if you'd gone through that Bible study with Experiencing God because he had. I've gone through most of his. He has some good ones. As a matter of fact, I got it sitting right in front of me right now. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Pastor, do do you have uh, how many kids do you have? And I and I know that segment that I saw uh, in the NFL Network. Uh, they talked a bit about about your family and and, and some yeah. of the tough things that have happened. How many kids yeah. do you have? We have six kids. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest uh, son, Randall, is at the University of Southern California, USC. He's a Trojan. He received full ride to uh, high jump. He uh, is out there. He's a freshman. And then I have Vashti Cunningham, who is my second uh, child. She's our daughter. Who is uh, She's also a high jumper. has been offered scholarships to basically all the schools in America. She's the, the number one jumper in the country and should break the national record probably this Saturday. She set the record. Wow. High jump at over six foot four. And then I have Gracie, and then I have Grace, and then we have uh, our two that we lost. Uh, we lost Christian to a drowning, which I wrote a book about. Yep. And then we had a miscarriage a while ago. So we have a total of six. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I have six, too. I have two in heaven, too. So, mm-hmm. uh, Amen. Four, f- you know, someone said it real well. They said, can you have four here in the uh, land, of the, uh, land of the dying and two in the land of the living? I yes, said, right. that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> Hey, yeah. pa- Pastor, did you get to uh, coach your, your kids then in track and field? I am their coach. Yeah. Yes. I coached Randall. He ended up high jumping seven, three and a half, was a national wow. champion. At one point, he was number one in the world uh, for youth at that age, mm-hmm. number one in the country in high school. And he's, you know, our kids have been blessed by God. You know, they've did- set records and won national championships. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's just a blessing to have, you know, God on our side. Amen. Did you, did you high jump too? Yes, I did. I yeah. went 6'9". The bar was at 6'10", but they measured and said it was 6'9". <laughs> so, really so, so, so when, when your son, uh, Randall, I think, uh, when, when he topped you, I mean, he was probably pretty excited he beat Dad's record, wasn't he? 
Oh, yeah, he warms up at that now. Oh, my. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. But he warms up a four-step at 6'8". Six, six, oh, my yeah. goodness. Did he play yeah. other sports? He was a quarterback, yeah. He was on, uh, I think they were ranked 10th or 12th in America, Bishop Gorman High School, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. Wow. Well, you got uh, obviously quite proud of these kids. Are uh, feeling pretty good about where they are uh, with, with their faith and how they're walking? Yes, I'm really happy with them. Um you know, I the Bible says to to train a child up in the way he should go, that when he grows old, he will not depart from it. And mm-hmm. you know, some of us we believe, and I'm not saying pastors, but some people in this earth believe, hey, I'm going to give my kid a Quran, I'm going to give him a Book of Mormon and the Bible, and you guys figure it out. Um, we've learned that when you give a, a child a Bible, the Bible, the Holy Bible, you have to live the life. Also, you can't mm-hmm. just tell them here you live it. You've got to give them an example, as Christ did the disciples, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids have the example, and, and I believe that I'm training them up in the way they're supposed to go. And uh, whether I have to tell them every morning or ask them, did you read? Have you done your reading today, your five-minute reading? Uh, oh, Dad, I'm going to do it. No, go get it done right now. Keep your foundation. And uh, my kids have done that, and I praise God for that. That is a great testimony right there. Um, and, and, you know, Pastor Randall, so many pastors have trouble. Um, in fact, I grew up as a pastor's kid. and. Oh. And either you hear pastors' kids end up in prison, or they end, you know end up in in the pulpit. Um, and I uh, I was thankful for my dad's walk and his testimony. And just listening to that is just very encouraging because uh, I, I hope there's a lot of parents out there listening that you know kids are are watching mom and dad, and they yes, need they, they they need that example, and especially uh, in the church and and parents that are taking them to church. I can't live one way at church and one way at home because that, you know, right. that's hypocrisy and right. and that that's just going to kill kids as far as their walk with God. So very encouraging to hear that of your kids and Mike's waving me down. Yeah, here. we hey, uh we're talking to Pastor Randall Cunningham. Last question, Pastor, the best receiver uh you threw the ball to. Who would you think the best the best receiver you've thrown to? You know, it's it's so hard to to choose because they all play different roles and I don't want to go by popularity, but you know, the, the, the best receiver I've ever thrown the ball to um, is, is a spiritual receiver. Because I throw a lot of prayers up to God. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> if he didn't catch him, I'd be in a world of trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's the greatest of all time. He's got great hands. There's no doubt oh, about yeah. that. I, we really appreciate your time, uh, Pastor Randall, and, and keep up the good work in Las Thank Vegas. So and, and certainly we'll be praying for you and your ministry and your family. And, and again, we just thank you so much for the time. Yeah, Pastor Randall, thank you. Yep. And uh, be praying for you Sunday as you preach. Uh, that's yes, exciting. Indeed. Book of Hebrews, great book. Yeah. Pastor, thank you. And Mike, thank you guys. Great. Yeah. You bet. That's Randall Cunningham. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Ken, our second guest today, he, uh, man, he's had some things happen. He was a high school football coach, and uh, he actually was sued by the ACLU. 
Yeah, for, for praying. For praying. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? And he's not afraid to talk about it. Uh, Dave Daubenmeyer. Is, did I get that right, Dave? You did, man. That's not very many people who hit that on the first stab. So he's good. Hey, good Dave. Stuff. He's good. He not only is good, good at putting up the three-point shot. Hey, Dave, I normally don't get anybody's last name right. So <laughs> Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, Dave, um, wh- where are you located? Where are you guys? Where are you from? I'm a, I'm about a stone's throw from Ohio State University, right in the heart of Ohio, 30 miles dead east of Columbus, Ohio. Hey, give us uh, give us a story, and we we had talked about it just a second ago, but you know you were a, a high school football coach for a long time in 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 Ohio, where high school football still reigns, right? That's king. Yes, sir, buddy, it sure is. And if you don't mind me saying, Mike, I was a good one. I was a good I was a good football coach, and. Uh, uh, you know, you're not bragging if if it's true. Right. And we were we were very very successful at this uh, uh, small midwestern town, cornfield country, is what I called it, right in the heart of, just outside, as I said, just outside of Columbus, Ohio. And we were doing great, and uh, we took uh, we we were making our state playoffs, having undefeated seasons. God was just smiling all over all over our football program. I could backtrack here in a second talk about my salvation experience, what happened, and which has led me to London High School, London, Ohio, where this whole thing broke loose. But uh, in 1997, through a series of events, I, I was uh, sued by the American Civil Liberties Union for having prayer with our football team, and I went through a two-year battle with those dirty dogs for my God-given right to be able to pray. And uh, sadly, as we look back over it, it really... Uh, you guys can probably imagine this. It really wasn't about prayer. It was about who got to play and who got to be quarterback and who got scholarships. When, when you're a football coach for any length of time, I'd been there nine years at that time. You're in any town, uh, you build up a lot of enemies. And uh, so they came after me because they couldn't get me because I was a lousy football coach. So they came after me because I prayed with our teams. And I was more than happy to take that battle on. We went through a two-year fight with the with the ACLU for our God-given right to be able to pray and. 48 hours before we went to federal court in Columbus, Ohio, the American Civil Liberties Union offered us an out-of-court settlement, and they, they went away, and prayer continued, and I coached one more year. We had an undefeated season my last year in 1999, and I walked away from it and started past the salt ministries. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses his savor, it's henceforth good for nothing except to be cast out and trodden under the foot of a man. And I know I'm sounding, long, sounding long-winded, but just let me, let me finish this thought here. And I saw even then in 1999, 2000, when I walked away from teaching and coaching, I saw the, what, I, what I even today say was an anti-Christian wave that was breaking. And I felt like I was riding the top of that surf, and I thought, I can't coach football. I can't do this anymore. I have got to go warn Christians of what's coming over that hill. So here we are, brothers, 14 years removed from that time, and things are getting darker and darker and darker. And I don't want to be like Rush Limbaugh, but I, too, could write a book, See, I Told You So. That's mm-hmm. what I tried to warn the church was was going to happen here in America. Dave, uh, you know you uh, did you grow up there in Ohio? I grew up, yeah. Just uh, I'm, I'm a Central Ohio guy. I went to school at Otterbine College, which is all in this whole Columbus area, and mm-hmm. and uh, I had a radical born again experience in 1998. And I jokingly tell people that when I met Christ, man, it did for me what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. It just it just <laughs> radically transformed. I went from serving. I went from serving the King of Beers to the King of Kings. It happened to me almost overnight, and and uh, boy, I never, I never ever looked back. Once, once I realized what it was that uh, the sinner that I was, and what it was Christ had done for me, the old football player, the old a- athlete, the old competitor in me kicked in and said, "Listen, I'm going to fight this fight for the Lord as 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 long as He gives me an opportunity to be able to do it." And I had no idea 
until that lawsuit came in 1997, what happened to lie ahead of me. Yeah. And God was so faithful during that fight, and my my faith got so strengthened, and it really has propelled me into, into what I'm doing today, which is uh, helping Christians defend the faith mm. in the public sector. And for some reason, we've uh, we've accepted, when I say we, I'm talking about those of us who carry the name of Christ. We've ex- We've accepted the back of the bus. We've accepted being pushed into the closet. Again, which is what I warned him of back in 1999 when I walked away. And uh, you can see that it's happening all across America. And, and to this day, I'm doing all I can to push back that darkness. Yeah. Hey, Dave, what, uh, share with me a little bit more. So it was in 1998. Was there, was there someone that God brought into your life that, that shared the gospel message with you? Or how, how, did, that, uh, uh, how did that all uh, yeah, come? It's an amazing story. God's raised in church. You know, my... I was raised a Catholic boy, and that, that's neither here nor there. I found Christ outside the church. That, I suppose that doesn't happen for everybody else. My dad, my parents had me in church. I was in church every Sunday, every holy day of obligation, but I didn't know. I had I wouldn't have known Jesus if he'd walked up and punched me in the nose, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, through a series of events. My, my only sister, my oldest sister, 30 years ago, just 30 years ago, even right now as we're speaking, was diagnosed with uh, cancer of the uterus, and she had an unbelievable, miraculous healing. And uh, I, I couldn't ignore, even though I tried to run from it, and she was always talking about Jesus and going to church on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. I'm thinking she's lost her stinking mind, you know. <laughs> and I tried to do everything I could to, to avoid going to church, to this church where she received her received this healing. By the way, she went ahead and had, this, had the surgery, the hysterectomy, and the doctor came in and said, it's unbelievable, there wasn't anything there. Wow. wow. We give mm. credit to the Lord for that. But then mm-hmm. I, 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 she finally headed me off at the pass, you know. She says, how about uh, two Sundays from now? Can you go two Sundays from now? And I did, and brothers, I heard the gospel. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can say. I heard the gospel, and I thought, man, you mean to tell me I've been in church 37 years and never heard the gospel? And I heard it, and I ran to the altar, and the rest, as they say, is history. Mm. Boy, thank God for her. And that's well, that's isn't awesome. It funny that God works all things uh, together for His good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. That He would use that attack on my sister to draw me to Christ. And brothers, the impact my life—not bragging—the impact my life has had for the cause of Christ. How could something? How could cancer have allowed? How, how could that have brought good out of that? And it wasn't that God gave her cancer. You, you'll hear people say that. Well, golly, He gave her cancer. No. She got cancer, but his promise is he'll work all things together for good. And, and he did in our life, and it's, uh, it's just been a transforming experience for me. We're talking to Dave Dobbenmeyer. He is a veteran uh, high school football coach in, in Ohio, and uh, he is on fire for the Lord. There, there is no doubt. His, then, orga- his organization, Pass the Salt, uh, is, is doing good work, man. T- tell me some of the things that you guys are doing with your organization, Coach. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a street, I'm a street, I don't want to call a street rat, but, you know, they call Al Sharpton a street rat. rat. I'm a righteous street rat. Everywhere we see the, the, the devil raising his head, whether it be an abortion, I'm a big, big fighter on, on the streets against abortion and traditional marriage, stand up for all that. And just everywhere we see the devil rearing his head, we run to the battle. I just... I just got back from the whole battle going on with Dr. Ken Hovind, the, the creation expert down in Pensacola, Florida, who on, was on trial for mail fraud. And by the way, just today, this afternoon, uh, they did not convict him of mail fraud. So we ran down there and stood for a few days. I was down in New Orleans a couple weeks ago, 
trying to close down uh, uh, Planned Parenthoods down there. I believe, brothers, that Jesus said we were the salt of the earth, and that if a salt loses his savor, and henceforth, good for nothing except to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. And I try to tell my friends and anybody who will listen to me that Jesus said we were the salt of the earth, not the sugar of the earth. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, Christians are trying to love people into the kingdom, and that does, in fact, work sometimes. But we know that the scriptures tell us that that they put enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And the greatest athletic competition, the greatest football game of all time is playing out right before us in the cultural war. And for whatever reason, Christians and Christian ministries have been missing in action. That's what I do, fellas. I try to raise up the church, raise up men to stand up and fight for Christ. Hey, do you see Pastor Kim? Why he was a successful football coach? Oh, I'd, run, I'd run through the wall for this guy, man. We are talking to Dave Dobbenmeyer. He is uh, in Central Ohio, but he is uh, doing great work. We're going to need to get you a quick break. On the other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio one hundred five seven FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Our special guest this segment, he's on fire, man. Uh, Dave Dobbenmeyer, he was a high school football coach uh, in Ohio. He was uh, sued by the ACLU for, for praying, and uh, he's uh, he is on fire for the Lord. Pastor, if we had more guys like, like Dave around the country, I think the fight that we have regarding our faith would be a little bit easier. Well, I love, I love Dave, your passion. Uh, you know, Christ's last words... Which really should be our our main focus, our first concern today. Then that's a he's given us a mission. We're to give the gospel. We're to give the truth. And Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but but by Him." So uh, go I, ye. Isn't that what he said, brothers? What said? I missed it. He said, "Go ye." Oh yeah, he <laughs> said, "Go ye." All right. He didn't say, "Come ye." Yeah, yeah. He, he said, said, "Go ye." Yeah. The highways and the byways, and compel men to come to Christ. And you know what's happened to us. Uh, I don't. I don't mean to jump on you there, fellas. When yeah. it hits me, I just got to get it out of me. I'm going. It's like fire caught up in my bones, you know. <laughs> they've, they've told us that we're supposed to keep our faith to ourselves. That we're not yeah. supposed to talk about these issues because they divide. But brother, the gospel, Jesus was was the rock of offense. He said, "These are the issues that we have got to we have got to engage. These are the things that we have got to talk about. If Christians are pushed back into the closet and ashamed of the gospel, Romans one sixteen, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation." We've believed that lie that we're not supposed to live out our faith and we're supposed to keep it to ourselves, and that's why. Looks like the devil's running over the top of everybody in America. Yeah, yeah. well, you, you're you're absolutely right on. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be giving that gospel message out and and touching people's lives. And um, appreciate you know, Dave, what you're doing to to get that message out and to touch people. And um, did after you came to the Lord 
and uh, you're, you're with your football team. Did, did God open up some um, uh, opportunities there with your platform to, to see some players or maybe some families come to Christ? Oh, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of kids that come to Christ, but see, it's not. I, I, I don't keep those notches on my belt. You know, the Bible mm. says one man uh, one waters. man plants, another yeah. man waters, and yeah. it's God that gives the increase. So I try to just go around and do a lot of planning. But uh, brothers, I just got to be honest with you. See, I, I'm I'm seen as a radical guy. I'm seen as seen as a radical Christian, and it it even makes other Christians nervous. You know, they, I hear it all the time, Coach, you got to tone it down a little bit. Brothers, look, man, the devil ain't toning it down. The devil's running crazy in Hollywood and grabbing a hold of the lives of our children. He's running crazy. It appears to me he's running crazy in government. It seems to be running crazy in the educational system. And we're supposed to sit back and remain silent about that. So that's, that's my life. I'm a football coach. I'm a snot-snorting linebacker, you know. <laughs> I see the enemy attacking and... It's my job as that linebacker to go knock him on his butt, and that's 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 the way I live out my faith. And you know, not not everybody's real comfortable with it, but I'm just doing what the Lord's called me to do. Hey, Dave, you're going to be up in Wisconsin uh, sometime soon, correct? Yeah, going to be up here this weekend. Going to be up here uh, on on Saturday. Is it the fifteenth? And I've never been. I've been through Wisconsin once in my life, but we're going to uh, the Wisconsin Christian News is having us up for an event that they're having, and. Uh, I'll get a chance to hoot on those uh, Wisconsin Wisconsin Badger folks a little bit. Well, don't and, you uh, bring up that Badger Ohio State game? I don't want to talk yeah, about well, that. Day. Oh, you talk about the basketball game or the football game? Well, no, because, I'll, t- you know, I'll talk all day about the basketball game. I'm not talking to you about that football game. That's pretty ugly, wasn't it? Have yeah. you ever seen a more remarkable thing? Can you think of any? I would say that most teams in America, most college fans in America, couldn't even name their third team quarterback. No. Couldn't even name him. They don't even know who it would be. And our third team quarterback looked like the best football player that ever played, and it was it was an amazing story. Yeah, I'm, I, I've tried to forget that one along with the Seattle Seahawks uh, win over the Packers. Oh, Dave, those are the two games I'm trying to forget. So I'm not sure I want to bring those up uh, anymore. Hey, do you miss coaching? Uh, I miss the scoreboard. I missed the scoreboard. Every Friday night, I knew where I stood, brother. At the end of that football game, I looked up, and when that clock went down zero, I knew whether I'd won or lost. And I knew that after every victory you celebrated and after every defeat you went back and regrouped. There's nothing wrong with losing, but you had it, it told me where I was, and it's it's hard in this thing called ministry to figure out the score. And I think that's one of the things that pastors really deal with. They don't know there's no scoreboard, so it becomes butts in the, the pew and bucks in the programs and all that stuff, and they they lose sight of really what it's all about. And it's about putting your hand to the plow and not looking back and advancing the gospel. And if we could once again get that as our scoreboard and lay our head down at night and know that we did everything we could that day to advance the kingdom, then you scored a touchdown. That's really all that matters. It doesn't matter who noticed it or whether your names are in lights or whether you're in the record books. You made a difference for the cause of Christ. Dave, uh, Mike and I were on uh, Channel 58 CBS station here in Milwaukee last uh, Sunday. They played the program last Sunday. And they, they were curious about uh, this whole aspect of, of faith and sports and why, why are some players a little bit more um, vocal? I mean, you know, some people want Tim Tebow to go home and, yeah. and you know, you live your faith in your house and not out here on the field and all that. And, and I told Mike Stralo, you know, I was talking to Mike and I said, Mike, the, the, the deal is, is if the Bible is true, which we believe it is, and that, that when a person dies, they either go to live with God in heaven or they go to hell, then I ought to be passionate about telling people how they can go live with God in heaven. And it's I pretty said, important, isn't it, brother? Yeah, and, <laughs> I, and I said that's why there are some athletes 
that just what you shared we have had we have had guys on this station before say man they went to church no one ever told them that Jesus Christ could take their sin problem that he paid for it and so and so what what happens is you you'll get some athletes or some coaches or guys like Tony Dungy or whatever and and they're going to say hey this is my platform I want to tell you what Jesus Christ has done in my life because they realize the Bible says we're to die, and after this, the judgment. And so, if you love it's, people, it's even better than that, though, guys. I'm sorry, it's even yeah. better than that. You mean to tell me that the kingdom of God is available to me here and now? That Jesus Himself said the kingdom of God is within you. That the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And when you receive Christ and you put him on, that righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost come into your life, and you get to live in, that, in those kingdom principles. That's what I, try, I talk about the by and by and heaven and hell, but I try to help people understand, man, oh man, God, when Jesus comes into your heart, you become a brand new creature, and your whole life begins over here and now. Man, what could you, what could you charge for that if you could sell it? Yeah, 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 I'm telling you, people could, you could charge a lot. Hey, Coach, let me ask you a question. There's, there's a guy here that is a good friend of mine, uh, David Cook, and he coaches, uh, now he's an assistant coach at, at, at a college here locally. Um, I asked him one time, I said, he also uh, preaches sometimes at his church, and I said, David, do you get nervous coaching? He said, no, man, I never get nervous coaching. I get nervous preaching. He said, that's when I get nervous, and I'm wondering the same with you. Do you ever get nervous coaching? I love to preach, too. I don't get, I don't get nervous doing either one because it's a gift from God to be able to do it. But then seeing football, uh, you, you don't have time to get nervous. You're four plays ahead of everybody else. They don't realize that. You know, they're watching a play that was just run. I'm, I'm four plays down the road, and because your mind's racing like that, you just don't have time to be able to uh, – to be able to be nervous. And, you know, preaching, it says what? Uh, I'll be brought before governors and kings as a testimony against them and the Gentiles. And think not what you shall speak for. It shall be given unto you that same hour what you shall speak for. It's not you that speaks, but your Father that speaks through you. That's great peace. It's great peace. I just open my mouth and I let the Lord speak through me. David Dobbenmeyer, I'll tell you what, Dave, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate a couple minutes. If it's okay with you, we'd sure like to to, to be able to to reach back out to you in a couple of months and, and see how things are, and we'll, we'll catch up and find out what's your thought about our great state of Wisconsin. You might love it so much, you might end up moving here. Yeah, we just might do that. <laughs> let, me, let me put out a plug real quick. Yes, please. CoachDave.tv. I do these little five-minute videos two days a week that are just – they're just rocking. CoachDave.tv. And they're little things that are filled with the gospel, but it teaches people to think rather than what to think. And I think your folks would enjoy that. CoachDave.tv. You got it. CoachDave.tv. And and yeah. trust me, we will give you a call here in the next couple of months and, and, and try to reach back out. Um, Dave and I, I know that uh, we just met, but if you go to FaithInTheZone.com, get a chance to listen to any of the shows we've done in the past. And uh, any advice that you can give us, I, we're the only only secular station that we know of in the country that does a show like this. Any advice that you can give us, uh, please give me a call, and I'd love to talk to you about it. Finish it, brothers. There's no prize to begin, and there's only a prize to finish. And, and no matter how hard it looks and no matter what they're saying about you, you got to finish the job that you started. And that's, uh, that's called going for that high calling of the, of the cross. That's what, that's what uh, our lives need to be about. That's right. Dave, thank you so much. Pastor, it's great to see you. we got to yeah. get out. It's a great week. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Mike. This has been Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM.
the fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.